Hallelujah. 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 Amen. It's good to be back here at Calvary. God put us together many years ago to advance his kingdom, to kick the devil out of Africa and out of nations. So we are so thankful that we are a teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. And we thank you very much for partnering with us. I bring greetings from our crusade team. This church supports Jesus Loves You crusade team every month. And every month we go in the villages and camp five days and preach, teach, evangelize, baptize, launch churches, kick the devil. We've seen people healed, people set free. We've seen which doctors getting born again. Yeah. We've seen which doctors get saved and they say, burn this temple and they put Jesus' church right here. Yeah. All that is happening because we are partnering together. And uh, a year ago in June, we went among those tribes. We heard our first crusade among the Karamojong. Those people you saw at the Karamojong. You go home, you put in Karamajong in your gog, you will see who they are. Killers, warriors, believing in witchcraft. They don't believe it, even there is a God, but today they do. Yeah. And uh, there have been cattle wrestlers killing and stealing cows. They kill you to get your cow if you resist. Their diet has been the blood of the cow and milk. Always. And they've been acquiring guns from Somalia and from Sudan by giving exchange in the cows and then raid all the neighboring tribes to get cows. Like uh, 10 years ago, uh, like seven, seven years, the government went in and collected all the guns. It was a war to get guns from them. But they were able to disarm them. They built police posts in their regions, and the first lady, Janet Museven, born again woman, full of the Holy Spirit, was made the minister of rehabilitating that region. She invited us, she said, the pastors and the believers, can you help me? We've we've taken the gun away from a man, but taking a gun from them doesn't change their hearts. Can you help me and you come and evangelize? So churches now we have invaded that region. WOMF, World Outreach Minister Foundation, we went there a year ago in June, and we bought land, we did a crusade, people got saved, people got healed. This year we baptized those warriors, 81 of them, wow. in water. Because God is on the move. Yeah. God is saving and healing and delivering people. You saw the first video. It's long, but because of the time. But uh, we, saw you, we wanted to show you how the children looked like before we arrived and when we arrived. And one year and three months, that is Karamoja today. You saw the children were not clean. They were dirty. They were angry. They were hungry. But when we went in there, did the crusade, got born again, they changed. We loved them. Everyone needs to be loved. Yeah. We started building a school. We have two classrooms. Other classes are still under the tree. And they got born again. Now you see, you saw how they are clean. 
they have a smile. There are some Americans came with shoes, dresses. Women make a pillowcases and they turn them into dresses and you dress them and you saw the kids smiling. We can change the world. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So I just want to say thank you very much for running this race with us. Uh, turn with me if you came with your Bible to Acts of Apostles, chapter 9. Now the pastor's wondering, where are we? Hallelujah. Okay, Acts of Apostles, chapter 9, we are going to read the 22 verses. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to synagogue in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly the light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard the voice say to him, So, so, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? So asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but he opened his eyes he could not see. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord said to him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul for his praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord! Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales from, fell off from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after eating, taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with his disciples in Damascus, with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogue that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised the havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the key priest? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful. 
and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is Christ. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come and speak to us. Whatever I plan to say as a man, I leave to the altar. I ask you, come and minister to us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, don't miss your season. Don't miss your season. Be very sensitive to the Holy Spirit that whatever God wants you to do, you do it. Whatever he calls you to do, don't miss your, miss your door. Don't miss your window. Don't miss your time. Today I just want to speak to you about two men. You just have seen them. These two men, Saul and Ananias. We know Saul, before he became born again, he almost missed his God-given destiny. If you get born again and receive the Holy Spirit, you must be in tune with the Holy Spirit to know the will of God for your life. Yes. What he wants you to do in your life before you leave planet Earth. God created Apostle Paul who was saw to advance his kingdom, to build his kingdom. But before he understood, before he received the revelation, before he understood salvation, before he became born again, before he took time to position himself to seek God, to see God, to hear from God, and to perceive and to receive from God's will what he created him to do, he started fighting what God created him to build. To destroy what he was created to build, to oppose what he was supposed to advance. That's why it is very important. And it was a fanatic, radical, religious man. So that means you can be there thinking you are serving God, living for God, when you are completely off course. Wow. So it took a divine intervention of God when he met this man and he gave him a full five-fold ministry. <laughs> Knocked him down, put him into senses. Don't wait for that to be waking up. So you better start to understand why did you create me, Lord, before he hit you down to make you fast for three days. Because before Paul saw not knowing God's will, and God loved him. God knew this vessel is my vessel. I have to advance my kingdom through this man. So it took Jesus to meet him, the man who was breathing murderers, killing believers, arresting believers. He was there to kill Stephen. He was leading the mob justice. He called mob justice to kill the innocent Stephen. And he continued to kill others and to go arrest so many until God said, enough is enough. I better wake this man up. Yeah. 
And the Bible says when he knocked him down, by the time he got up, he had already said, Lord, who are you, Lord? Yeah. He said, I'm Jesus. You are persecuting. Now, get on your feet. Go to Damascus. You will be told what to do. Always we must listen to hear what God wants us to do. Yeah. Otherwise, you can be in wasted years, waste your time without knowing the will of God for you. You can even be in the church and don't know the will of God for you. Maybe he wants you to be involved in the youth. He wants you to be involved in the women's ministry or to go to missions or to do something or to be involved somehow. If you don't position yourself and say, Lord, what is your will for me? You'll live a wasted years. You'll miss your season. And time doesn't wait. It runs very quickly. Today you are young, tomorrow you will be father, the next day you will be grandfather, the next other day you will be great, great grandfather. <laughs> so time goes very quickly, so you better use your time now. Say amen. amen. So the Bible says, when his soul got up on his feet, he was led in Damascus, first three days, no water, no food, blind. And for the first time, so got a vision. Because when God called Ananias, he said, Ananias, yes, Lord, go to Damascus. There is a man from Tarsus. He's praying. For the first time, so easy, praying. To get the will of God for his life. What God wants him to do. And God said, for the first time, Saul has seen a vision. He has seen you coming, laying hands on him, and his sight opened, received the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues, God baptized him, take him on the front line. (laughs) For the first time, Saul understood he's a different man. But the rest the first phase of his life, he missed, almost missed his season. He almost missed what God created him to do or to accomplish in life. But another man I want you to see is Ananias. How many Ananias are we? I was one of them. I grew up serving witchcraft, though we went to church. And even when the man came and said, God wants you to start ministering, I said, no, you have a wrong number. <laughs> you have a wrong person. I'm auto mechanic. I just sing in the bass, in the choir, and I'm ushering. I don't do these things. How many Ananias are we? What? All of us always have our excuses. And yet in us, God has put potential. God has put anointing. God has equipped us. God does not use bishops, apostles, the so-called great men or women of God in the bracket. He used disciples. He used believers. You and me. Here we see this man 
Ananias. The Bible says there was a disciple. That was, he doesn't say there was a prophet. He doesn't say there was an apostle. He doesn't say there was this great man. He said there was a, a disciple. What did Jesus say? Go make disciples of all nations. That means you and me who are here are disciples. We are all disciples. That means we are all entitled to be used by the Holy to advance God's kingdom. All of us, no exception. No one was born again or was created to sit and see what is happening. Wow. <laughs> you come in the church and you sit there and you say, wow. You see how the Holy Spirit is using them? Yeah, oh, yeah. No. There is no spectators. We are all called to be participators. Because we are all anointed. Say, I am anointed. To change the world. Every one of us. Hallelujah. Every one of us. Whether young or small. In September, we are launching a church. Another church. This year, we, we, we are launching four churches. The first one is this month. But in September, we launched another church on near Congo border. And we had a team from here, not this church, but in America. They came to join hands with us. We saw miracles, people getting saved, healed. But in the team that came from America, there was a younger girl of Isabel. She's like 16 and a half, 17. She came with her dad. She's been coming with her dad. Even the other year, she came when we were launching a church in Kenya, like a three times. But this time, she came knowing who she is, very dangerous. <laughs> and so when we made altar call for people to come to the altar to be born again and to be healed, we told everyone to come and lay hands on the people. So she went and asked this woman, what's wrong with you? The woman said, my ear is deaf. I only partially hear with this. I have a video clip. It is on our Facebook. If you go on our Facebook, even mine, or Uganda Christian Outreach Ministry Foundation, Uganda Christian Outreach Ministries, you'll see. She's a simple younger girl. She just went, asked this woman, what's wrong with you? The woman said, I, I am, my ears are deaf. I only partially hear with this. She prayed for this woman. Her simple, small hands, in that video, you will see this woman on the platform saying, I thank God I came here, got saved, and when I was here, this little white girl asked me, what do you want me to pray for you? And I said, my ears deaf. She put her small hands on me, and I had something to do, and my ears opened. God has anointed you, say amen. amen. You don't have to be tall. You don't have to be short. You don't have to be big. You can be small but dangerous. Yeah. Say, I am dangerous. Hallelujah. We are all dangerous because you plus the Holy Spirit, we are very dangerous. The Bible says, Ananias almost didn't know he's dangerous. He thought Saul is the dangerous one. 
Many of us, God has anointed us. He wants us to do things to display his glory. To display his splendor through us. But we are scared. We think, oh, the world is dangerous. They will hurt us. This is Ananias. The Bible said God spoke to Ananias and said, go to the house of Judas on straight street. And God knows where he sends you. He tells you even the address. He tells you where the right thing is you are going to do. Hallelujah. So he said, the straight street, ask for the man you saw from Tarsus. He is praying. I want you to know, whoever God directs you to pray for, or whoever God sends you, he has already prepared you and prepared them. When he sent us among the Kalamojong, everyone fears them. Because they are killers. Because they are rough. But when we went there with our crusade team, we set up our equipment and we bought land, we built a temporary shelter, we started preaching to them. I was still preaching when a policeman grabbed my microphone and said, can I use it? I said, okay. And he told these people, you hear what these people are saying. I have rescued four people from you because you always want to sacrifice each other to appease your gods so that it can rain. Listen, these people, since they arrived here, it has been raining because they have God who makes rain. Their police was preaching. Because it was not raining, but the day we reached there, started praying and preaching, God showed up. He sent the rain. And this man who was going to be killed and sacrificed two weeks before we arrived, he was still in the hands of police. But he gave himself to Jesus, and these are the words when he was testifying. He said, I was wondering, Lord, if you are there, why do I have to die so you send rain? People are in a bondage. And we are anointed to go and rescue them. So when we went, we have seen those people getting saved. This year in March, 81 Karamojongo warriors, we baptized them in water. Those warriors, they all killed before. You go to your computer, you put in Google, and you put Karamojong, you will see. All their lives, have, they have been stealing cows and robbing people at the gun point. If you resist, take your, you resist them to take your cows, they kill you. Because that's what they want. That's the lifestyle they live. But now, we have planted churches, you saw the difference, the children before Jesus showed up, and you saw the difference when Jesus has showed up. Yeah. That's the love of Jesus. Now the pastor is telling you, we are heading to West Africa. Everyone of you are to go to West Africa. Number one, everyone, when they heard there is Ebola, everyone said, no, I will never go to Africa. Yeah. Now where Ebola was, that is West Africa. Ebola is gone. And that's where the Muslims are abducting younger girls and they take them. 
but God has sent us in Nigeria, in, in Ghana. And we are going in January. Coming here. How are we connected as World Outreach Ministries? How come we are heading to, Nigeria, to Ghana? A missionary from here went to minister to the prisoners in Accra. Somebody told him, can you come to my village? They took him up north where it is nobody wants to go. He reached there and there is a tribe. The chief said, okay, tell us. His son who has at least gone to high school but not completed it, he had asked the son to get out of high school so he can inherit his leadership. He translated to this missionary. And the people got saved, but they didn't start any church. So this missionary come back and is talking to Ron Devoe, our leader, and Ron said, what did you do with the translator who helped you to translate? Joseph. Before he's there, he said, we have to get Joseph. So we got Joseph. We took him to high school, completed high school. He came to Uganda, East Africa. He's been with us. This year in June, he graduated from our Bible college. We train world changers. He got filled with the Holy Spirit, ready to go to his country. In June, he went back. Today, over 200 people in his village have accepted Jesus. Children are getting born again. When you go to your computer and you put in Ghana Christian Outreach Ministries, you will see what's happening. They have services under trees. Making altar call during the church service, you will see people under a tree getting saved. But now we are going there in January. We are believing God. Can you send us? Can you come with us? We want to go to northern Ghana. We'll arrive there on the 1st January and we'll be there for up to 12. We're going to preach, to teach, to see people healed, delivered, to pull down the devil that have been holding northern Ghana. Yeah. He's already having over 70 people ready for water baptism. Wow. So we are going there, believing God for finances to buy land, build a church, build a school. Hallelujah. Are we fearful? God told Ananias, go. No, Lord. You don't know that man is so. If you know that man, you shouldn't send me there. That man is harmful. That man is dangerous. Now, those are our excuses. Lord, you don't know where you are sending me. You can't send me to Saul. He's a killer. Even so, is here with authority from the key priest. Ananias, don't you know that I am the king of kings? The lord of lords? Yeah. Who is sending you? The creator of heaven and earth? No, Lord, that man is a killer. <laughs> Shame upon us, the church. Yeah. Ananias is anointed. Ananias is empowered. He's full of the Holy Spirit to even heal the blind eyes. Yeah. The man is already locked up. God has already put him in his place. He's just waiting for a willing disciple, available disciple, to take him to there. 
lay your hands on Saul so that he can recover, so he can receive the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues, baptize him, set him up to go change the world. Yeah. And Ananias say, you have a wrong man. You better send people like Otis, those are the tall one and the big. Don't send me. Don't. I, you have a wrong person. Uh, many of us are scared and yet we have what it takes. Ananias almost missed his season. This was Ananias' time to catch a big fish. Because Saul was a big fish. Have you ever gone fishing? American, I know you, know you love fishing. But there is a time when you can put in your hook and pull a big fish. Ananias got a big one. And his opportunity had come. This was his season. This was his moment. This was his time to be used by the Holy Spirit. To open the blind eyes. To lay hands on somebody and receive the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. For the first time, Ananias, you have your season to baptize a big fish. Ananias, you, this is your hour. No, Lord. Don't send me there. I don't want to die. Lord, you just send the people. You don't know those people. That man is bad. Stop, excuse and say amen. Say amen. amen. So Ananias is giving excuses. Lord, you know this man? He's, and the Lord said, go. This man is my chosen instrument. To carry my name. How many people are waiting for you? How many people are ready to receive Jesus? But for you, you are saying, not, of, not my business. That's not for me. They are waiting. So is there waiting for Ananias, and Ananias is full of excuses. Not me. You have a wrong number. You know, I used to be an auto mechanic, and that's what I did. In the church, I was usher. In the church, I used to sing bass in the choir. That's all I knew I could do. It took a man from here to come and point his finger at me and said, God wants you to go to Bible college. And I said, no, you have a wrong man. <laughs> he said, God told him he's going to use you. I take you to America to a Bible college. And then he's going to use you. I said, no, I'm an auto mechanic. How many of us? It took me two years to get out of my excuses. And I came to your country, 1985. Attended Seattle Bible College. That's when God spoke to me to go back to my village. And he showed me Ron in the vision. I went to Papa Ron. And I said, Papa, I, 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 by then I didn't know he, he was the one because I, I just saw him in the vision. So I went to him and said, Sir, God showed me in the dream. You are the man I take to Africa this year in June. He said, What? No. I don't do Africa. That is, that's the country of Yida Amin. And I said, but Amin is gone. He said, no, I'm going to France and Spain. But now we have been together 28 years. 
planting churches in villages of Africa, kicking the devil out of Africa, building Bible college that has been a center to train all these younger people. But we almost missed our season. Don't miss your season. Ananias almost missed it. And the Bible says immediate Ananias availed himself. He knew this is my season. This is my moment. He laid hands on the man. The man got born again. The man got healed. The man received the Holy Spirit. The man spoke in tongues. The man rose up. The man started preaching. The man wrote the book. How many books in the Bible? The man planted the churches. Because one man, Ananias, was available. Not an apostle. Not a bishop, not a prophet with a name, not a man with a title. A disciple, a believer. So don't wait for this for title. Just rise up, go do what God is telling you to do. Say amen. amen. Say I am anointed, anointed. to heal the sick, to advance the kingdom. In Jesus' name, are we ready? We are anointed. And I ask you, please, join hands with us as we go to nations to change Africa. I just want to say thank you very much. You've been with us. All what we have accomplished, you are part of it. You are part of it. But now, don't sit and say, we've done enough. <laughs> no, please, let's go to West Africa. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's go to West Africa. Let's buy land. Let's build a church. Let's change northern Ghana for Jesus. If you are here and you are saying, you know, I've been like Ananias. I've been having excuses. But I think now I'm going to rise up. Enough is enough. Can you stand on your feet and we pray together? Those who say, don't stand if you are not ready because once you stand, the Holy Spirit is going to use you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, we are praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, here is a great army. Men and women, they say enough is enough. Some of us have been hiding like Ananias. Some of us have been like a soul before he became Paul. But today, we are rising up in the name of Jesus. Yes. To go where we have never gone before. To do what we have never done before. To be involved into what we have never been involved in before. Father, I pray that the Spirit of God that came upon Ananias and he rose up and he went in that room without fear, without calling the bodyguards, without calling on the police to come and escort him, but he went alone in the power of the Holy Ghost and he attacked that and so and laid hands on him. I pray the same anointing, the same power, the same zeal, the same commitment, the same determination come upon us all. May you anoint us with the radical power of the Holy Spirit. That each one of us from today will be radical world changers. 
will rise up, discover our gifts, and develop them and deploy them. I pray for the men in this church. May you raise them up. Women, raise them up. Younger men and women, raise them up. Youth, raise them up. Children, raise them up. Raise world changer in this home. Send them where others don't want to go. Anoint them with the power that will change individuals, families, communities, nations, cities, and towns. I thank you, Jesus, that you are anointing and you have anointed each one of us. I thank you that our ears will hear because for the first time, Saul's ears heard the voice of God saying, Ananias is coming. Saul was able to see with spiritual eyes things of God and the will of God. I pray, Father, that each one of us, those who have never heard the voice of God, from today will be able to hear the voice of God. From today we will see Jesus. We will be involved into evangelism. We'll be involved into praying, praying for missionaries and missions. We'll be involved in sending missionaries. We'll be involved into going to missions. We thank you, Lord, that you have anointed and you have put on each one of us a mantle of evangelism to evangelize our generation. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen.